Okay, so again, we are now discussing Arias, which is a second, according to the Ramchal, the second most dangerous um, issue in the Kiyos, second biggest issue that people have in the Kiyos. Um, we went. We, we discussed the fact that the Torah juxtaposes the the laws of Nazir, last week's parsha, with those of Sota, to say that someone who sees a Sota bekilkula, a Sota in her disgrace, should take a vow of misuse. Um That goes for men and women. A man or a woman who sees a sota in disgrace should accept upon themselves the zeros. And that is because seeing um, a person where where they ended up due to drinking of wine, um, so the person should abstain from wine drinking. So we see a hackish, we see a connection between the zeros and Involvement with women. So the Midrash over here, the Ramchal brings us, it says that just like by Nazirus, the Torah warns us not only that the Nazir may not drink wine, which is his, that's really the the point, that's really kind of, well, if he does that, that's where he really fell, right? But but the Midraisa, he's not allowed to even eat grapes or any other grape products. Should even stay away from the vineyard altogether, right? Keeping a distance from the thing that is forbidden. I think we learned that from Shimshon. He was we learned from last week's parsha. No, but I'm saying, but also Shimshon, because I think that was how um, he got into losing, uh, getting sh- his hair, head shaved because he told Delia about. I think he she got him drunk with wine. Right, that was a unique Nazirus, Nazirus Shimshon, where he could drink wine, he just couldn't cut his hair. Right. So, I'm just, I'm just wondering how is you that... There's a connection between right. Nazirus and women yeah. over there as well. Okay, yeah. So, um, so we learn from Nazirus the concept of not only stay away from the thing that's also to you, but even from things that are related to that thing. And the most direct application, the first place that you're going to extrapolate to from the zeros is to where? Soto. To, so to mean to women, to women, to women's, uh, to Arias. Right? Because these two are so uh, intimately connected. Yeah? And so, so the Midrash says that that's why it's uh, not only the actual, you know, uh, Gilu Arias itself, which, uh, is obviously a very severe Torah prohibition, but even anything that smells of it, anything that is close to it, anything that leads to it, is also awesome. Okay? And um, the truth is that that these, uh, you know, siagim, these fences, is not exclusive to Nazirus and to, and to issues and to women, right? But uh, the truth is, it's kind of used as a binyanav for kotor kula. The Chazal understood from here that there's a concept of seeing what it is Hashem wants you to stay away from, and then building enough protective barriers to make sure the person is not going to end up there. So this is the concept from here of of gzeris of her, of hakas. Yeah. Um, so let's skip a little bit, and we'll start with, with um, Vata Evi Lecha Rites. So he said, um, this is in any regard, anything that has to do with a riot, a person should stay away from, Bein B'Maisa, Bein B'Ri'ya, Bein B'Dibur, Bein B'Shmiya, in any aspect, in any way, shape, or form that it smells of Arias, it should be, person should stay away from. 
um, and now he's going to bring proofs to each one. So, uh, first one we're going to start with is Bumaisa. Everybody have me there? Everybody sees where we are? Go, vata evil ha rise. Now I'm gonna. Oh, sorry. Um, apologies. I, I told you. No, no, no. I got it. Drop earlier. So first we're gonna start with Misa, the Misa, uh, the actual doing a physical act that somehow or another is involved in inappropriate relations with women. So. Uh, and he says that for that, I, I don't really need to elaborate because we already brought you a midrash earlier. We spoke out all those things that a man might say. Okay, so, you know, uh, maybe I'll just hug her in a way. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll do other physical acts that are not, maybe kiss, maybe something. And, and we pointed out that not only an explicit act of... Um, you know, openly being romantic about it, but even sometimes men, as we know now, you know, more and more American politicians are being um, brought to know, light, whatever it is, you know, about just inappropriate touching, right? Inappropriate touching, which person feels like, yeah, what? I'm just kind of patting her on the shoulder or whatever. Like, no, no, just hands off, right? That's so that that already was discussed. Uh, until now, so no need to go into that. Next, Bria, looking. Yad liyad, lo yinake ra. That's a pasuk in Mishli. Hand to hand, it will not be cleaned from evil. Kol hamartze maos, miyado liyada, someone who counts out money, hands out money, from his hand into her hand, putting money into the lady's hand, kedeli stakelba, in order to look at her, lo yinake midinishal gehenim. He cannot escape the fires of gehenim, even if he's a very big tzaddik in other ways. Okay, so I'm not understanding. So some some understand that this means a man paying a woman to look at her. Uh-huh. But, uh, seemingly, the more, the, what fits better with, with, with the words of the Gemara over here is you're talking about buying products, whatever it is, uh, from a female clerk or a female uh, cashier, c- cashier, right? Where, while you're paying her, you're able to be having a face-to-face. Right? Okay. So, looking so looking at her while she's accepting the the, the money from, from the person. Does that mean you have to wait till she gets the whole money to work? I'm not understanding that concept. You have to get the whole payment before he can look at her? Is that what we're trying to say? No. <laughs> the, point <laughs> is, the point is that when a, when a woman... Uh, when a... A person should not go to try to engage in some sort of a business deal with a woman which will put him into uh, direct face-to-face contact where she's like out with her hand accepting money that he's giving her even if he's paying for the groceries or whatever. Because if he's doing it so that he can look at her, meaning there's this really attractive, you know, cashier girl, right, and he's going Davka to her register, not to the elderly you know, man, right so that he can have that interaction with her okay, now why specifically the giving of the money into the hand then so then the point is that it speaks to the concept of mashpia mekabelos I mean, you're giving to her and she's accepting from you, there's something a little bit uh, sensual in that. So, oh, so it's like uh, it's like I scratch your back, you scratch my. Like I give you in order and I accept something in return. Is that what you're trying to say, or no? Well, no technically, nothing is happening. She's just selling tomatoes. Okay. So you're buying her some tomatoes from her. Right. But while you're like counting out, here's one dollar. 
Here's another dollar. And you're like, you know, kind of. Oh, so you're like, like taking your time doing it. Just right. Like, I see. Exactly. I you. In order I to you. kind of have that interaction of where you are giving to her and at the same time kind of feasting your eyes, that type of a mildly creepy behavior. <laughs> so, so like swiping your credit card. No, try to drop it into the top. Otherwise, yeah. it's going to go in the garbage. So, so, so like, like swiping your credit card, that's okay. Gotcha. <laughs> right. Swiping the credit card is fine. Okay, or what in Israel you'll notice that in the Makot, like in like in yeah, Haredi yeah. places, they yeah. would, what what people do is they would just count out the money before and they'll walk over, they'll put the money down, and let her count it. As opposed to like having the uh, you know dropping the agarot into her hand as she stands there patiently, you know. With her hand out. What? Yeah, but that back they, then they, it wasn't. They don't like to accept credit cards in McCall's. Because it's probably taxes, right? Probably extra taxes. Right? Anyway, okay. Okay, so. They cheat on taxes, but they make sure that everybody's very firm about it. Okay, that's one. Next, Amru Od, another statement from the Chazal. Okay, so let's just give a little bit of background over here. The Gemorin Shabbos over here and Brachas is discussing the sugya of Malchemus Midian. Coming up for us and say from the Midbar, right? So the Midianites seduced. Jewish people into idol worship, right? The whole story. So, so then, so then we went. Well, before that was that that was the before. So then we sent. So then Hashem tells us to send an army, ten thousand men, uh, to uh, destroy Midian. So we sent um, the apparently in the battle. The midrash explains that it was the way of the Midianite women. Um, to try to seduce the conquering forces because um, that way, you know, instead of getting killed, I guess, maybe he'll, he'll just take her for himself. So that's like a good thing. Yeah, better to be the bride of a victorious soldier than to be buried with your husband or whatever, right? So the point is that they would get, they would dress themselves really promiscuously um, when the invading army is coming in. So, uh, and the Midrash t- talks about the tremendous lengths that the Jewish soldiers, these were tzaddikim, that were sent to war. It was a choice, 1,000 men from each tribe. Um, that um, that they would, their strategy for going in, like before they'd go into a house, they'd kick the door down, take a bucket of soot, and throw it into the house first, like um, ashes, whatever it is. Like light up the fire, light, up, light them on fire. No, not fire. no, 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 just dirt. Throw oh, a bucket of dirt in, so as to cover them, so uh, before running into the house to kill them. Fire was the well, next step. kill the men and take the women captive, but. But the point is, the plan, they were trying to get the women covered in dirt so that they wouldn't have to see their beauty. Even though they, even though they were commanded to kill all of them. Well, that was. Uh, the, uh, Yeshua there was did no not do that. No, Yeshua, it was uh, Kalev. Neither. There was no particular. It was just the, 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 the captains. But, um, well, there was no explicit command, actually, to do that. Moshe Rabbeinu took it as a door of that they should be killed. Right. He, he, he felt it didn't need to be said. Um, th- there was a level of miscommunication in that. Uh, not our sugi. So, uh, obviously, every, every miscommunication means what? This is usually the system. Josh? Mistakes? Miscommunication means... 
it was, it was the speaker's fault. Well, we did just have this. Right. Lack of misunderstanding, lack of perspective. Right. What? Right. what? Right. That was right. So motion went up. You right. Oh. A difference in premises. Yeah. Premises. Is that for no? Maybe. Okay. Depending on what you mean by perspective, but but right. uh, perspective makes it sound point. makes it sound subjective. I mean, the point is, if you ever have a miscommunication in the Gemara, it's not that one person is being not clear. Is that they have significantly different hanachas. That one of them coming from the halachas he's coming from feels he's been perfectly clear. The other person is just, has a different halacha, different premise. Right? That's how every you know. So, so there's a miscommunication here between Moshe and uh, and Klausel. It means that there's a, there's a difference in halachas, difference in premise, which Josh will walk you through. So yeah, of we're currently in one of those right now. Moshe Rabbeinu said to Klausel, he's going up after, after Matan Torah, he went up for 40 days and 40 nights. He'll be back after 40 days, right? Which we're currently in that Tkufa. And then what happened? Why did the Chet Eagle happen? Because they thought he was dead. Why do you think he was dead? What? They counted the first day. They thought it was already 40 days, because they were counting the first day. And Moshe Rabbeinu Jash? He was counting the half day. Or something, or he wasn't counting. He wasn't counting because on a full day. Yeah, he didn't count the first day because d- didn't have a night with it. Right. Right. They did all that in, in twenty-four hours. All of what? They messed up. They all, they no, no. Sorry, they were by the, their count fortieth day. By his count, it was only the thirty-ninth day. I understand. So when Moshe got back, it was, it was a day later. Yep. And he witnessed, and he in that twenty-four hour period, they were. Managed they managed to build the golden calf. And. and worship yeah. Okay. So anyway. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, that's a uh, sugya to be f- for for later. But um, so over here, so these soldiers again had taken tremendous efforts to not expose themselves to the preachers of the Bnos Median. Nonetheless, after the after the battle, uh, they b- go and they bring to Moshe as a atonement all the jewelry um, that they gathered from the women the the bracelets the earrings and the um, coverings of the um, intimate parts of women's bodies as well jewelry that was used to cover the intimate parts of the women's bodies as well. Okay? And so the Gemara asks, why was there a need for them to bring this as an atonement? So here we go, says the Gemara. Why did the Jewish people in that generation need to bring kapara? I mean, why did the soldiers need to bring a kapara? Answer is, Mipnei Shazonu Einehem because they satiated their eyes promiscuity means they looked they looked and satiated their eyes on the, that flesh that they were looking at okay now um, the Mephoshim do point out they had even taken precautions against looking like we said from the Midrash but nonetheless when they there's a difference in seeing and looking Right, seeing could be nothing you could do, but that extra bit longer—that's already looking. And for that, and, and for that, they felt they needed to bring a kapara. So, I mean, wouldn't there also be an issue for the for the soldiers because these are married women? I'm assuming, right? These are non-Jewish men. Married women, but they're still married women, so okay. it's also still another issue. Which them is? being with Arias isn't that considered also? What's that? We're talking about. The, uh, well, I'm saying not just the problem. You're saying because they look, because they're trying to dress up and look really beautiful for the for and seduce them. Yeah. But isn't that also on their problem? Because on the, whose problem? On the, on the tzaddikim that are that are in the battle, the, the the soldiers. They should not have been looking. They should not have, but also, but even wouldn't, but wouldn't also deter them that these are married women too, or not? Would it deter them from looking? Yeah. Um. 
Well, first of all, by, by, we know that usually uh, by an Asia's Yafas Tawar, right, um, she could be, even if she's an Asia's a Jewish soldier conquering a city or conquering an enemy and taking a beautiful captive, he can take her even if she's married. To a non Jew. Okay. Um, but. Yeah, here the point is that they were certainly trying to not look, um, but they did end up looking, and they needed a kapara for it. They needed atonement, right? Now Moshe Rabbeinu was koshed them when they bring, brought the kapara. He was koshed them. He suspected them that maybe they'd actually gotten physically involved with them. So to that they said, no, 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 that was not the case, right? It was only for only for this, which is why. Uh, we've spoken about this before, that, that uh, is alluded to in the halacha that Allah and Arna Cohen taught them right afterwards. About how to, about how to kasher Caleb. Right, if it was went through fire, it has to come out through fire. If it went through water, it can come out through water. Okay. Weiser. Amar Rav. Next continuation of that same Gemara. Why did the Pasuk over there list the Takshitan Shebuchutz, such as earrings, bracelets, neck, uh, what's it called, anklets, Im Takshite Shebuchnim, which we said that those were certain decorative jewelry that they would put on their um, intimate parts. So, because seemingly, if you're going to bring, uh, if these soldiers are bringing atonement for having looked, so what should they bring? They're going to bring some jewelry yeah. from these, I mean, exactly the thing that kind of they found to be attractive, they regret that, and now they want to bring that to motion. Okay. Yeah. So what should they bring? The intimate jewelry. The intimate, the jewelry. intimate part, yeah. right? The, the the part that was covering the the, you know, the, the things, that, right? The parts that a man is more likely to look at, uh, or seemingly that's the part that's wrong. But yet they brought the earrings and they brought the the nose rings and they brought the the bracelets and the anklets, right? Mm-hmm. Why? To connect the two, to say that just like the the the, you know, the kumas, the, the the part that goes on on, on the private parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- that was inappropriate looking. So too uh, the bracelet, right? So says the Gemara over here. Loma lecha that was to teach you shekola mestakel beetzbaktana shel isha. Anyone who looks even at the pinky of a woman, and again not sees. You can be in a business meeting and you have a woman and she's gesturing and gesticulating, right? That that's not a problem. But if you're Looking at even the little pinky of a woman, it's as if a person is looking into uh, her private part. Yeah, so that is very bad. Right? So this is. Is it the getter? What? Are they actually equivalent or is it just a getter? Well, it's kiilu. Kiilu always means on some level, right? Not to mean it's the same thing. Now, on what level does that mean? Not the same body part, right? But it means that he's doing a similar thing with it. He is... There's a certain level of intimacy that he's engaging with right now by looking at her finger. At her hand, her wrist, at her face. Yeah. Okay, and then one final, or maybe maybe more than one. Amru uh, owed another memra. Nishmarta mikol davara. Person should guard himself from every form of evil. The next, the very next pasuk after that talks about a person having a seminal emission at night. And being tummy from it. By the way, this pasuk is the pasuk. The Gemara goes on to say afterwards uh, to bring 
what's called the Sulomo Shalari Pinchas Ben Yoyer. Can you be familiar with what that is? Rabbi Pinchas Ben Yoyer. Oh, Baruch Hashem. Yes, it is the Baraisa that the entire Mesut Hashem is built upon. So, I'm glad that we know what that is, right? And that is all from what? From the person, Vinishmarta, Mikol Davara, a person should guard himself from anything bad. How can one guard himself from a nightly mission? It's not my fault, I didn't do it, I wasn't planning it. Right? So the answer is that if a person thinks unclean thoughts during the day, then there is a certain likelihood that at night he's going to become tummy through seminal mission. Didn't it also say something about uh, if you sleep on your right side, it won't happen or something like that? I don't know if I'm saying all right. I don't think so. I, I think you're supposed to sleep on your left side anyway. Okay. Um, fine. So, uh, so, so the point is, you see, so we, from the juxtaposition of the Psukim, this is an earlier statement of the Gemara, not the Repinches Ben Yoyer. So it says, Nishmarta Mikol Davara. And being that right after that, the Ra that we're talking about is Mikralila, a, a nightly mission. So we learn from here, Shelo Yistakil Adam, Beisha Noya, person should not look at a beautiful woman, even though she is a unmarried lady. So technically, he might marry her. In fact, maybe he's even considering marrying her. Trying to. Right. Nonetheless, obviously, I. But aren't you supposed to look at a young lady before before marrying her? What if you don't like the way she looks? What if you're not attracted to her? Right? Isn't a husband's not attracted to his wife? It's a major problem. You know what the biggest problem of a husband not being attracted to his wife is? That's it. What? That's it. What? That's it. That's it? They what? won't be intimate. They will never have kids then. I'm assuming. She'll, get the she'll be very, very upset. You're not going to be able to, you're not going to be a good husband to her. It's very important that a woman should, should feel attractive to her husband. And if, if the husband is not attracted to her, he's just faking it, that's very bad. Yeah? So it's a fundamental lack of, of one of the primary modes of chesed that the husband does with his wife. So it's definitely important that the husband should be attracted to his wife, which is why the halacha is a person should look at, a, at his bride-to-be before agreeing to get married. <coughs> So, so how, so so what's going on? So why are we saying over here that What if what if he wants to marry her? Answer is exactly. There's a difference in looking and seeing. You can see if she's pretty. You don't have to look, right? So the looking is already. Um, Satiating the eyes. Okay, so that's a pnuya. And ubeishis ish, and if she's married, I feel he mechueras, even if she is hideous. Why should not look at her? Why would somebody look at the woman who's hideous? What? Why would somebody look at the woman who's hideous? Clearly, we mean not looking, like seeing if. Maybe she needs some dental work and, you know, considering offering her your services. We, 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 mean, we mean looking at her in a way of some sort of a enjoyment, meaning now the question is, what's the difference, married or unmarried? So the answer is a married woman, being that she is intimate with someone else, 
So there's kind of um, something. Like a married woman should cover her hair, whereas an unmarried woman does not. Why is that? Once she's married, she is pretty mean. People understand that this that there's an active relationship that she's engaged in. Um, that makes the entire person kind of more uh, seductive, more potentially enticing. Does that make sense? So that itself is enough to make it a, a problem. Okay. Obinion. Um, okay, so Adkan, Bistag, does anyone have questions, practical questions that they... But, but this is okay, right, Paul? Like, the, these things is okay. Who's got? Who, who's got? And this, but this one's okay. Only one? this is related only to, I guess, younger women or people of that demographic. The person is looking like meaning if it was an older woman, forty years older than the. Why is he looking at her? Again, we're not talking about seeing. We're talking about looking. Uh, no, if you're a family member. Oh, so family member. Extended family. Again, I'm just explaining. I just want to make sure you understand. It does not mean being awkward and kind of like pulling a weird like, "Hi, nice to meet you." <laughs> you know? um, definitely shaking your hand. Fine. Um, we're, we're talking about you. Be polite. You can say hello. You can act normally, but you don't have to be looking at her. Right? Does that make sense? Okay. And, by the way, if, if you're ever stuck, this is a great trick. If you are blessed with short-sighted with short-sightedness, then you just take your glasses off when you talk to them. That's great. I'm not blessed with that. Right. What? So I'm not blessed with that one. I'm, I'm far-sighted. <laughs> So get yourself a special pair of glasses there. Super. <laughs> um, stronger than your prescription. Okay, fine. Next, speaking with a woman. Uh, it's already been taught explicitly in the Mishnah. It's a little bit complicated. The Mishnah says, let me read to you guys the Mishnah inside. Okay, uh, this is the fifth mission in the first parak of Perkyavos. Yosi ben Yochanan ish Yerushalayim Omer. Yehyeh beisecha posuach leruach. Lerucha. Vyeh anim bnei beisecha. Your house should be wide open, and poor people should be the servants of your house. Valtar besicha. And do not increase, do not over talk, don't, don't talk much with uh, the woman. Now, Sikha, I think we mentioned before, is kind of a lower level speech. Dibur is kind of intense, purposeful conversation. You know, if you're discussing whether to, you know, a business deal or some sort, right? That would not be called sikh, that would be called dibu, right? A negotiation, um, discussing with your wife if you, know, you guys need to sell your house and you know, move to north of Tui or something like that, right? Like that, that would be a dibu, right? But uh, a sikh just means uh, schmoozing. So, I'll, so, so you, have, you have some of it. But not to be marbe in it. Al tar besicha im haisha beishto amru. Clarifies the Mishnah. We're talking about one's own wife. Kalvachomer beishes kaver, and how much more so in his peer's wife? Means even with one's own wife, 
one should not um, schmooze too much. How much more so with his neighbor's wife? But one can be friendly, cordial, um, uh, to speak a bit. is not called to be to be polite, right? But to go for a whole gansa schmooze, that's different. Is that initiating versus responding? Um, I don't know. Um, I would imagine what you're saying, like if you're trapped in the conversation, you just won't let, she won't let you end the conversation? Thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it could be that that's okay. I mean, if, if you're... It, it depends how you understand what this mission is coming to teach. The it seems like it's a zero to prevent other things, looking or whatever. It might oh be. well, so that's exactly what I wanted to ask. So Yossi said it looks like this is a continuation of, you know, creating that that fence around uh, Arias. But the problem is that we're saying that this applies even to one's own wife. Well, I guess that would be training a person to in terms of how they can interact with other women uh, as well. If you're so, wow, you get so used to it in that situation, then you're going to mm-hmm. eventually maybe potentially do that in, in similar situations to other women. Mm-hmm. I hear. It's a little bit of a chiddush to say that. Because maybe you shouldn't schmooze with guys either because maybe you can become a schmoozer so then you're going to schmooze with other women and then you're going to eventually... I don't think think guys should schmooze too much anyway because then it just like it it breaks down the the significance of the individual you're having a conversation with. You you should schmooze a little bit but not too much. Yeah, 100%. Yosef, you are... That's why you're one of the pillars that this colo stands upon but not... Uh, but not everyone's on that level. But this mission is telling more, like okay, to everybody, right? Don't schmooze a lot with with your wife. Why, why not? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to understand this. What? Why can't you schmooze a lot with your wife? How do you how do you how do you get a connection with your wife? You don't. Yeah. You know, you don't have like open dialogue with them and talk with them. So, um, I mean, I know we talk about so the be beauty of, of being married, but there's also, you know, the the mental aspect of it, of, you know. So Rabbi Kiva Eger writes, he lost his wife kind of fairly early on. Um, he, he, um, he married afterwards, but he writes about his wife. He says, no one will ever know how many hours we spent at night discussing inyanam of Amuna together and sharing those precious moments. So Rabbi Kiva Eger, he... Ricky Vega writes in one of his chuvas, where he has unbelievable long chuvas, mind-blowing. And towards the end of the chuva, he writes, I was told that there's some other forum out there, late Akronish's forum, that discussed this issue as well, but I don't have time to learn them. I'm too busy learning Shas and, Shas and Rishon. Yeah. So, so, uh, but he had time to discuss in Yanam of Amuna with his wife. That's not called Sicha. That's called Dibur. Dibur, of course, is very important. To establish that deep connection with one's wife. Right, but it depends on what your wife wants and needs too. No? Sicha can be deeper, or vice versa, depending upon what, what, what your wife needs. What do you mean? What do you mean? Because if we're saying Sicha is the, is, the, is the schmoozing, right? Yeah. Right? So that, that can be... Dibor is going to be the is, the... is what, the less personal or the... Or no, Dibor is... Not about personal, not personal. Dibor is purposeful, is, is discussion. Right, so I'm saying... So a Dibor will be, be a discussion. Sikha can be Dibor. Sikha can be very constructive. What do you mean? I did, did I say constructive? Dibor means a discussion. Yeah, they use it constructive. No, I did not. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a discussion means... Talking about an important topic, right? So Sikha could be purposeful as well. That's that Good. purposeful sounds like constructive to me, but yeah. I didn't say purposeful. What? Oh, maybe, maybe we were using different. Maybe what I'm saying. What? 
Zibor means talking about important things. Okay, Zibor could also be important. That it would be called a Zibor, not a Sikh. Yeah, no, no but it depends, as I'm saying, it depends on the individual, depends on the situation. But if it's called... Or something that you both read, or like right, so that's just, that's just nothing. Right, that, that's, that's a Sikh. Right? A meaningful conversation. If you're getting a chance to know the person and know like what their personality it, is, it doesn't tell you anything about knowing them to talk about a book that you read. If you want to get to know them, that's not true. There's a little again. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. There is some you know, like there's a warm up, right? Like uh, right. so the war, so there's a little bit of sicha. The mission is not telling you not to have any sicha with your wife. Right. It's telling you not to be marba sicha ima isha. Okay. Not to have a lot of it. So you have a little bit of it just as an icebreaker, you know, yeah. a little bit of whatever. But then you want to make it into Dibur. The, the real person is not in the Sikha. The real person is underneath that. What are her fears? Mm-hmm. What are her dreams? What's life about? What makes life worth living? Mm-hmm. Those are the things that you want to build your relationship on with your wife, right? Yeah, meaningful conversation, correct. Right. Not... Schmoozing, talking about people, talking about events, mm-hmm. talking about you know books. Sales and cucumbers. Sales and cucumbers. Sales and cucumbers. Sales and, how are those doing? I don't know. Oh. I told them I was not talking about those things. They quoted this. Okay. Yeah. Again, obviously, if if it's if it's something that she needs or whatever it is, right. then, then then that could be important to do. This is every lesson Chazal teaches has to be taken within the greater context of you know every every lesson is taught assuming everything else is equal, right? The assuming that there's not no mm-hmm. other issues that you're dealing with, right? So, for example, you have uh, poor people be um, you know found in your house, etc. That's assuming that your wife is not traumatized by that, right? If she is, then don't, don't invite poor people into your house, right? So, um, everything was safe, okay? But, so again, so the Sicha, the point is over here is with Isha, and Kalva Chomer Beishis Chavero. Now, seemingly, if the Ramchal wanted to bring a Raya, he should be bringing a raya from this one, from this part of the mission. How much more so with your friend's wife? Now, so with one's own wife, we didn't really speak it out, actually. What is the problem with schmoozing and shooting the breeze excessively with one's own wife? So maybe it does break down the intimacy in terms of, like, the, or the significance of the, or the relationship. Of the, rela- the, of, the, of, of the relationship yeah. and of the person himself. Right. Which, which the Maral says that of the wife it, you're saying or the, or oh, the, the husband the husband himself the husband meaning people don't understand this now um, but there's a very clear distribution of um, roles in, in Yiddishkeit mm-hmm. right the husband's role is to become as Kaddish as possible up there to try to go high up and then to bring down as much of that as possible into the house, into the, you know, to, to his wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's his main job. I mean, when he opens his mouth, he should ideally be bringing something good to his wife, from what he learned, from what he gathered, from what he connected to, in the spiritual sense. In exchange, she takes on the responsibility of holding down the fort, which means. You know, child rearing, right? Having the children is not an easy thing to carry a child, right? I mean, just physically on the body, right? You have to. It's it's a very heavy task on the, on a woman's body. To uh, you know, um, giving birth to the children is, is, can be dangerous, right? Especially if a woman's not physically strong, right? Um, and uh, raising them. Uh, staying up at nights. I mean, it's 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 a big, it's a very very big half of the job that she's taking. In some ways, the more difficult half, right? Which is why we can brocha every morning shalosani isha, right? But in exchange for that, your job is to 
infuse her with Kedusha, to infuse her, to elevate her, to be the Rebbe in the house, to bring holiness into the house. Not to be a you know, Bart Simpson, you know, like then just sitting there, or no, what was, what was his father's name? Homer. Not, not to be a Homer. Sorry, I, I never really watched that thing. I just, I'm just aware that it exists. Um, yeah, so like, right, so that's... Uh, Person supposed to be so she's supposed to look up to him. So by becoming this, you know, schmoozer, you're becoming a, a second woman. So first of all, if that's the case, you should certainly share half of the responsibilities with <laughs> child rearing and things. First half, of the uh, second half. Yeah. What? First half of the pregnancy versus second half of the pregnancy. Right. Exactly. And um, okay. So 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 the point is. Your uh, a person needs to the man needs to hold himself higher up, and then not in, a, in a, any sort of an arrogant way, but in a way of realizing that the responsibility of the family's level of kedusha rests squarely on your shoulders. Is it mutually exclusive, though? Mutually exclusive. Um, again, this is one piece of about 10,000 pieces of advice that Hazal give a person okay. to live his life. What do you want to know? If a person violates this one, is he, like, done as a human being? He has no... No, no, no. No, no. no. no I don't, I don't but, even necessarily mean to that extreme. I'm saying in terms of having that, keeping that defined role, that ideal role of what a husband is supposed to be. Like, are you, are you taking away from your significance? Again... Um, what it says over here is Kolzman Im Haisha Gorem He brings evil upon himself. and he is negating himself from the learning of Torah. Vusovo Yoresh Gehenim, and in the end he will inherit Gehenim. But otherwise, besides that, it's not anything so heavy. I know, but you can't, you can't, there's always going to be like a piece of how you could say, yes, for sure, 100% for every single Jewish male, but then you can't say 100% for each individual Jewish, Jewish male completely. Like, there's always going to be dif- different, there's going to be what, I don't know, outliers, outliers and, 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 de- and deviations. Or 100%. So, that's what I'm saying. It, can, it, can be, it seems like it should not be mutually exclusive. Then. What's, what's mutually exclusive? The, the fact that... The schmoozing and, and bringing in yes. Kiddush into the house. It's mutually exclusive to the extent that wherever you... Um, again, once you put in the base level of Sikha just to be friendly and pleasant, right? Again, if you just like this super-duper serious, intense person that, like, she's kind of scared of, then that's not going to, you know, get to anywhere, right? So, but once we get to that level where, like, yes, he's he's a very pleasant person, right? But uh, then beyond that, it, it definitely takes away. Now, does it completely eliminate, destroy any possibility of anything? No. But I'm saying to the extent of like what you're saying, you have to share the responsibility. I mean, I know that was like... A, like That's a very extreme. Joke, I mean, that right. was very extreme. If right. he's going to complete, if he's going to be the same as her in that regard, then he should, I mean, then he should share the, the responsibility in the house. If, if he's no different in any way. Right, no different, right. And to whatever level he is different, then you know, Rav Chaim Kanievsky has never done the dishes in his entire life. I think one time he offered, he offered his wife to fry some eggs or something, I heard. And then while the frying pan was on, he got involved in the, in the sugi and he just burned and like <laughs> threw out the frying pan and that was the last time that he ever did that, right? So... That's that's all the way extreme to the other direction. Okay, so obviously there's there's a spectrum, right? But so that's why Chazal use a relative term um, to be marbe sichay meisha. How much? How many minutes is that per day? Mm-hmm. Point is, it's going overboard. Okay, okay? That, that clarifies it for me. Thank you. Yeah, marbe. Okay, um, so that so so I'm just pointing out that the Ramchal's quote over here says the Ramchal. There's a proof for Dibur 
with a woman, like Chazal say, he, call, he brings evil upon himself. Right? Now, um, it's, it's a little bit, he cut out part of the Mishnah, right? Because the first part, the first part, the first part was really talking about his own wife, Ishto meant his own wife, Isha means his own wife, and there, it's not because of Arias. It's because of everything else we've been discussing today. Right? Um, then, when the Mishnah continues, and how much more, and Kalvachomer, how much more so, with his fellow's wife, this is the part that really the Ramchal is referencing. He didn't bring it, because he's just being concise on the Mishnah. He just cut out the the middle part of the Mishnah, which is brought the beginning and the end, because if you don't know that our Mishnah is talking about the wife, then it then it'll read just fine. It's talking about a woman, and it's true, right? So instead of bringing a longer Mishnah and explaining it to you, you just cut it out. So wouldn't it be less of a problem to have these secret like, conversations with somebody else's wife? Because it's not. Well, there there's going to be the no. Yeah. Number one is the same problem of becoming a male version of a woman. Right? Of, right? Because I'll say that from the ten kavim of Sicha came down to the world, ten portions of Sicha, of, of shooting the breeze came down to the world, nine portions went to women, one portion went to men. And so, one should not make himself into a woman by being a chatterbox. Yeah? Um, that's one. That's, that's a problem with one's wife or with somebody else's wife. But how much more so with somebody else's wife? Because there's also the added problem of creating the familiarity and the um, closeness with somebody else's wife. I have an issue with that. Go ahead. Because my name is Pesach, and Siach is in my name. So what am I supposed to do? Pesach. <laughs> I'm a little bit. Uh, I'm, I'm concerned, right? Uh, apparently, you. <laughs> apparently, you never took that Dvar Torah further than than, than, than those words. Um, I hope that on the Pesach night, you didn't spend the entire night um, talking about the price of cucumbers. Yeah. <laughs> no. yeah. Um, Pesach, Pesach is the job that we're doing on Leila Seder we're hopefully we're doing something a little bit more meaningful than shooting the breeze okay so fine so Ad Khan um, Dibur 